This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's 12.03, Tuesday afternoon, January 25th, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Companies are trying to find a balance between having employees work from home or come into the office. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, new numbers on home prices are out, along with the latest look at consumer confidence. We're joined by Carl Riccadonna, chief U.S. economist with Bloomberg, based in New York. Carl, thanks for joining us today. Home prices surging in November, but at a slower rate than in October. That's according to the Case-Shiller Index. What does that mean for the person who is either trying to buy or sell a home right now? Well, I think what we're seeing on the home price front, looking at these Case-Shiller prices, so mind you, in year-on-year terms, they are still up 18 percent from the uh, prior uh, November. So uh, we're seeing a little bit of a moderation because in the middle of last year, we were running at 20 percent. But a a deceleration from 20 to 18 percent is uh, hardly anything to get too excited about, although uh, we'll have to watch to see if the trend continues. Uh, What we are seeing, though, uh, is a continuing backup in mortgage rates. So uh, while they are still extremely low, they're not as low as they were Uh, for uh, most of last year. And so as we think about housing affordability, uh, it should be consistent with uh, some fading momentum in the housing market. Doesn't mean that it still won't be a gangbusters year uh, for housing over the course of 2022, uh, but we can see that uh, higher interest rates and uh, home prices are starting to squeeze uh, that affordability story and starting to uh, uh, wind down some of that momentum we saw just uh, really shooting through the roof over the course of uh, 2021. In a way, though, would that be a good thing uh, for backed up suppliers and backed up home builders uh, that kind of need some relief uh, for, uh, from uh, from the, this pressure in the housing market? Well, home prices and national economic activity do show a, a strong relationship over broad swaths of time. And we know that the pace of economic activity last year was unsustainable. Uh, and we also know that what was happening in the housing market was certainly unsustainable as well. So uh, this is, uh, you know, while, while if you're looking to sell your home, you want to see the fastest home price uh, appreciation possible uh, in terms of long term sustainability of uh, any asset class, but especially for housing, uh, we do need to see uh, a more sober tone uh, start to take hold. So I would say this is constructive for those backlogs of, uh, of construction and supplier deliveries and, and all of the uh, linkages in the housing sector. Uh, I think uh, what we are seeing is a health, healthy development. And the Fed meets this week. Chances are interest rate hike number one will come in the month of March. Uh, what else can we expect from that meeting this week? 
Right. So going back to housing, the Fed is looking at what's happening in the financial markets and in various asset classes and and, uh, asking whether it is sustainable because they are very cognizant that the aggressive policy accommodation they put in place over the course of the uh, COVID crisis, uh, they're very much aware that that is influencing everything from the stock market to home prices. And they know that the punch bowl eventually has to be taken away from the party uh, before things get too wild. And uh, they're setting the stage uh, to communicate uh, that they'll be doing that in March. So uh, it's not only uh, interest rate increases, but also ending their program of asset purchases. Uh, And uh, it won't be so much in terms of action tomorrow, uh, but rather what uh, Chairman Powell does communicate in terms of expectations for not only that March liftoff, uh, but what the Fed will be doing over the course of this year and next year. And on a day when the markets are down hard, it's going to be very tough for the Fed to clearly communicate that even though markets are down, they're going to continue taking away that policy accommodation, which could create an even more negative tone in the market. So it's a, a very delicate balancing act for Chairman Powell over the next couple of months. Carl Riccadonna, chief U.S. economist at Bloomberg, based in New York. Coming up, some employers are struggling to establish new policies about working from home. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The return to the office remains a work in progress for many employers. Let's get an update from Michelle Reisdorf, Chicago jobs expert with Robert Half Company based in Chicago. Michelle, thanks for joining us again today. Uh, What is the state of the return to office? How many full-time office workers are uh, back in their cubicles compared to uh, this time uh, literally two years ago? Well, we're probably sitting at about 50% that have returned full-time, but, you know, of that 50%, most are not in five days a week. You'll find that most are probably in some sort of hybrid situation where they're in a few days a week and still working remote. Now, for a lot of uh, office workers, you know, you can see both both sides of this. On the one hand, uh, you like feeling connected to your employer, and you can only get that by actually being in the office with other people. On the other hand, that flexibility that came with working from home was really convenient, and it was hard for that to go away. Are you finding that uh, amongst in, in your survey? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, first and foremost, that flexibility to kind of choose your schedule, where you work, et cetera, was most important. But I do think after, you know, almost two years of most companies finding themselves in a remote or hybrid situation that employees and even employers are really missing that personal connection. I think we're hearing a lot about, you know, Zoom fatigue and Teams meetings fatigue, and and people are really looking forward to just getting back together again. What about, uh, from a managerial standpoint, trying to establish best practices for getting people back into the office? Um, Because now you go from being a manager, you have that MBA, and you have to be an amateur epidemiologist on the side, (laughs) and trying to navigate vaccine mandates and, and people negotiating more flexible time out of the office. How do you make all those things work? Yeah, I would say, you know, it's been very, very difficult for managers to get through this. I think the key thing has been making sure that they communicate with their employees and understand what their concerns are around safety. Um, You know, we did a survey about a year ago where 50 percent of the, you know, people felt about 50 percent felt you should be vaxxed and masked today because of Omicron. I think it's up to like 70 percent. And so really understanding what's important to your employees, you know, makes you the most strategic manager on what that return to, 
you know, the office situation looks like. And then what about just managing getting people back into an office together for the first time in almost two years? Because a person's personality can change an awful lot during that time. Yeah. Definitely. You know, even we as a company at Robert Half are looking at what does returning to the work office mean? Um, And right now we're trying to define like almost purpose. You know, what is the reason for being in the office? Is it scheduling meetings together? You know, is it more structure, et cetera? Again, I think the key thing is communicating with your employees and really understanding as we transition back. Um, how to keep people on track and, and making the best decisions as an organization as a whole. Michelle Reisdorf, Chicago jobs expert with Robert Half based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next, energy markets are nervous over a potential Russian invasion of Ukraine. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Pentagon is set to send more than 8,500 troops in Eastern Europe due to concern over a possible invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Let's discuss the potential impact on the energy markets with Phil Flynn, senior market analyst with the Price Group and Fox Business News contributor based in Chicago. Phil, thanks for joining us today. Let's begin by talking about leverage, and that is the leverage that uh, that Russia currently has over Western Europe when it comes to the supply of natural gas. Um, what what is that doing? What is this this game of brinksmanship doing right now as far as the worldwide natural gas market is concerned? It's causing it to explode. It really is. In fact, if you look at the prices of natural gas, you know, a few months ago when it was cold weather and, and Russia was restricting supply, it was like the equivalent of two hundred to $250 a barrel crude. And now there's fear that if a war breaks out in um, the Ukraine, and if Russia cuts off supply to Europe, the cost of natural gas could go to the equivalent of 600 to $650 a barrel. To put that more in perspective, what it also could mean is that uh, that the price of energy could get so darn expensive that they could not keep the lights on using natural gas, and they would have to go to a lot of different sources just to keep uh, you know the heat on and the lights on. So it could, this could be a seismic ev- event for Europe, you know, if Russia decides to to cut off supply. And that is, uh, according to the analysts, that is one of the bets that Russia is making uh, with this presence over next to Ukraine, that uh, Europe won't go to the mattresses. Uh, over Ukraine because of that fear of of losing the natural gas supply. Now, what is this also going to do for the oil supply around the world and specifically for gas prices here in the U.S.? I think we're already seeing um, the prices go up because of what's going on in Russia. Uh, we've seen the price of oil go up today. I think that was in part of because of what's going on in Russia. Um, and gasoline prices here in the U.S. are going to follow the price of crude oil. In fact, it's got so serious that the Biden administration is saying that they're going to do everything they can to try to assure supply uh, for Europe um, And it's kind of crazy because a few weeks ago, we released oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to try to lower prices. That backfired. But now we have a real emergency. This is why we have a Strategic Petroleum Reserve to release these supplies. So that's very, very important. Uh, And I think when we get to that point where we're using um, 
energy to try to manipulate the market as opposed to react to a situation like the serious one we have in the Ukraine and Russia, you know, that's that's when we should be using those supplies. Is there a way, you know, very quickly, Phil, for the rest of the world to kind of make up the uh, loss in supply if Russia were to cut uh, Western Europe off from their natural gas? We couldn't fill the entire void. Already, we're exporting a record m- amount of um, liquefied natural gas to, to Europe. So that is a big deal um, in when the prices go up. Um, so we probably couldn't. We could definitely soften the blow a little bit. Another coordinated release from the SPR. But I think it's going to take a worldwide effort to keep the lights on in Europe if Russia decides to cut off supply. Now, you know, we, we don't know if that's actually going to happen. I mean, Russia says, listen, we're a reliable supplier. We're not going to cut off supply. But, you know, who trusts them, right? You know, this year they've already restricted supply. Uh, so who's, who can believe them that they're not going to cut off supply? So that's going to be a question mark going forward. Phil Flynn, Senior Market Analyst with The Price Group and Fox Business News contributor based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, making sure you completely understand airline no-change-fee policies. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A new vaccine targets the Omicron strain of COVID. This is Rachel Pearson. A suburban community is at odds over a proof of vaccination order. In Travel Tuesday, airlines tout no flight change fees, but be sure you read the fine print first. Also on the travel front, low-cost carrier Avello Airlines is among the companies competing for pilots. WBBM Business, the markets are lower. The Dow is down 229 points. The Nasdaq down 307. And the S&P 500 down 64. AccuWeather says mostly sunny, brisk, and bitterly cold. Today's high 13. The wind chills below zero. We have 12 above at O'Hare. It feels like three below right now at 1231. And topping our news at the half hour, Pfizer is running a trial comparing its original COVID vaccine with one that's been created to match the Omicron variant of the disease. The latest now from correspondent Julie Walker. Vaccine makers have been updating their shots in case global health authorities decide a change is needed. The study was announced Tuesday and includes 1,420 healthy adults. Most are vaccinated and will get boosters of the Omicron-based vaccine or the original version. Some unvaccinated volunteers will get three Omicron-based doses. Health experts say the original vaccines still offer good protection against severe illness and death. Studies have made clear that adding a booster dose strengthens that protection. I'm Julie Walker. Highland Park has extended its proof of vaccination mandate for restaurants despite a protest against it this week. Several restaurant owners say the city's temporary order requiring proof of vaccination is hurting their business. Councilman Andres Tapia echoed their concern, calling the temporary order a finger in the dike. The vaccination proof requirement to eat at a restaurant is targeting a very small percentage of where people spend their time, and therefore it's not going to do much in meeting the objective of reducing the spread. But a majority of council members voted to extend the vaccination order for on-premise dining establishments through February 14th. Mayor Nancy Rotering. We're in a battle against a virus. We're not in a battle against each other. We are all in a battle against a very deadly virus. Rachel Pearson, News Radio, 105.9 WBBM. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are in the red. We're joined by Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter based in Hammond. Chuck, thanks for joining us today. Uh, 24 hours ago at this time, the markets were down 1,000. At least the Dow was down 1,000. Uh, now the Dow is staging a little bit of a comeback. It is uh, at down just uh, 169 points, and uh, the index is over that magic number of 34,000. So before we begin with the uh, kind of the later market analysis, what are some of the benchmarks, according to the Dow theory, that signal either the bull market is continuing or a bear market is on the way? Well, right now, it's it's pretty simple. If the Dow Jones Industrial Average would close, and I emphasize close, below 34,022, that's 34,022, the primary trend of the market would change from bullish to bearish, according to the Dow theory. Now, I, I just want to add real quickly, you know, we talk about specific points, and I'm sure there are people that are listening going, well, what does that specific, that is a very specific point. How can that have any bearing on things? Well, there is a fundamental basis to the Dow theory, and that is the Dow Jones Industrial Average represents an important areas of the economy, as does the Dow Jones Transportation Average. So you need both of those averages confirming one another in terms of direction and hopefully going higher. That, in essence, is a bull market. If you have both of those averages confirming one another to the downside and breaking below previous significant lows, 
which that 34,022 represents, that in effect signals that there, there are things uh, askew in the, in the economy that will trickle down into corporate profits and, and lower stock prices. So that is where that point is coming from, that 34,022. That is the last major low uh, in the Dow Jones Industrial Average that we feel is, is a significant point. And it's interesting, you know, as you mentioned yesterday, I mean, the market is, is really putting up a battle right around that level. Uh, and, and so we'll see if, if that level can hold. We had a guest yesterday who said that the uh, unfurling in the markets that's been going on uh, throughout 2022 is very similar to uh, what we saw in the year 2000 as the dot-com bubble popped. Uh, do you agree with that assessment? There are some similarities, and I've been thinking a, a bit about that. And, and what we saw during that time was a, a pretty significant division in the market between those really high you know, high growth, or, or, or in that case, back in 2000, companies that didn't have any growth at all, but they were really appraised on their future growth getting bombed. But there was a, a fair amount of the rest of the market, such as smaller companies, value stocks, et cetera, that, that didn't do that badly. The market did kind of catch up with those stocks in, 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 in 2001, 2002. Um, but it, in, in 2000, you had, you know, significant declines in these highest growth stocks, with the rest of the market kind of meandering a little bit. And, and we're seeing a little bit of, of that here in terms of some of the value areas, some of the energies, some financials holding up reasonably well, but the highest growth stocks really getting beat up here. When does uh, stability come into play here? Are, are investors still waiting on um, a little more clarity from the Fed about the uh, pace and timing of interest rate increases, uh, a little more clarity about the bond uh, uh, tapering program, or do they need resolution in the uh, Ukraine crisis? No, I think, I think the interest rate environment and, and just how aggressive the Fed is going to be is, is weighing on a lot of folks. I, I think what would provide a little bit of stability here. We are really now starting the corporate earnings season in earnest, you know, today and over the next three or four weeks. And thus far, the few earnings that have come out have been, let's say, just kind of uninspiring to the market. If, if we can see better corporate profits coming out where they're beating expectations and their guidance is decent, um, you know, that could provide some stability to the market as well here in, in the near term. Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter based in Hammond, Indiana. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next in Travel Tuesday, understanding no change fees before you book a flight. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday. Airlines have instituted no change fees as a way to encourage passengers to fly during the pandemic. Let's take a closer look at the policies with Joe Schwederman, Professor of Public Services and Director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul University based in Chicago. Joe, thanks for joining us again today. Uh, before we talk about some of the uh, gotchas that may exist in these uh, no-change-fee policies, how successful have they been in getting people off the fence in terms of actually going out and flying once again and, and not having to worry about a flight cancellation because of uh, you know the, the crew is out sick with COVID? Yeah, that's going better. I mean, it really was a remarkable uh, hot and cold thing. We had just tremendous demand over the holidays. Airports were packed, and, uh, of course, all these flights, uh, quite a few were canceled, so we had, you know, crowded conditions at the airports. And then things really dropped off about January 3rd. We're at the lowest point of the year. Business travel's low. 
So the airlines, uh, <laughs> one day is uh, quite different from the next. Isn't that always the case, though? Like even in the in the in the before times, you know, there was always a big drop off in January as the Christmas spending was done, and you were trying to save up all your vacation days for later in the year. That's right. It's a little more extreme this year. Uh, you know, obvious reason that the business travel remains really low, and we saw a little recovery in business travel and in cruise travel. And then in January, uh, uh, of course, business travels dropped way down again, and uh, some schools stayed virtual, so people didn't fly back to their campus quite as quickly. And it's uh, it was a bit of a shock for the airlines because I think we felt uh, we would see a steady build. Uh, but I do think... Uh, uh, you know, come spring break, we're going to see those those crazy conditions again. What are some of the gotchas for these uh, no-change-fee policies uh, that the airlines are touting? Yeah, I've been watching this with great interest and rather surprised at some of the uh, uh, ads that the airlines are placing, like, you know, rest easy, change fees are gone, you know, we allow total flexibility. And that's not quite the full story, especially with American United, Delta, and some of the altered discounters like Spirit and so forth. That you know, while um, they do have uh, relaxed policies, especially if you're buying a more expensive ticket, you know, on basic economy, you don't have those uh, luxuries to change. And a lot of people don't know what kind of ticket they're on, or aren't 100% sure, and they they're um, they're hesitant to press press click on that fare. Uh, feeling that they may have more homework to do on whether they're going to be able to change their fare. So I think they have a lot of salesmanship to do to put people at ease about that yet. Well, especially on the legacy carriers, where if you are buying a ticket off of their website and not off of a third-party vendor, uh, there are now four or five different tiers of ticket and like three different tiers of economy. And and you're right, you gotta you gotta really keep an eye out as far as those. Uh, as far as those change fees are concerned, because if you get the lowest tier of economy and you, 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 the number may be very alluring, but there's a lot of strings attached to it. And there is. And, I, you know, this brings back memories. I worked uh, United Pricing in my younger days when a lot of these cancellation fees came up and so forth. And uh, the airlines are trying, American United Delta, trying to put people at ease, saying, you know, we're a little more like Southwest now. And I think... Um, uh, you read the requirements, and it's still kind of hard to tell in some cases where it'll say, oh, it depends on if you're on a non-refundable fare or a refundable fare, non-basic economy. So even if you're outside of basic economy, there's there's some strings. And the bigger question is if you want to cancel, that's different than changing. So you were going to go to Phoenix and decided not to, and now I want to go to Florida. You know, that's not a change in, in the definition. That's actually a cancellation, and there's still fees uh, in most cases on those. So a change very quickly is you want to go to the same destination, but you have to delay your trip or your trip has been delayed for some reason, but you can't just say, okay, I want to go to a different destination. That's right. It depends on the fare class, and it's there's no universal uh, policy, but there's still uh, cancellation fees for that. But credit the airlines... Uh, led by Delta, who started this, that's allowing same-day standby or even same-day changes if there's seats available without extra fare. So if you, uh, you know, we're going to leave at 4 p.m. and you got to push that flight back, uh, and they can accommodate you, they will do that without a change fee. So they've made some big changes here. This is kind of the beginning of a big experiment, you know, for the big guys to try to put people at ease when they're they're nervous. You know, but I have to say that. Uh, the complexity still befuddles a lot of consumers. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Joe Schwederman, Professor of Public Services at DePaul University. 
the best daily deal in Chicago, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. A pilot shortage made worse by the pandemic is impacting airlines. We welcome in Ken Goldstein, president of KJG International Consulting based in Chicago. Ken, thanks for joining us today. What were some of the uh, recruiting headwinds for the airlines as far as pilots were concerned even before the pandemic? Well, first off, before the pandemic, the airlines were expanding. They needed pilots to handle all the new routes they were putting in. Plus, there are some new carriers there. They were all ordering new aircraft. But this was kind of going back to when the Gulf carriers, Emirates, uh, the ones out of the UAE, Dubai, that area, were starting to build up several years ago. And they needed pilots. They went to the American carriers and European carriers and started to poach their pilots. So what's happening now, you've got a few new carriers that are out there, Avalo and Breeze, and they're making a bit of a headway and saying, hey, guys, we'll, we need you. We will raise your salary. We'll make your travel requirements not as stiff as it's been. You can get a more seniority basis because we're starting. Uh, there's a, as an example, there's a Missouri-based regional carrier which is offering $20,000. It's called GoJet Airlines for signing. And if you're a captain, in other words, someone with seniority and experience, you get a $40,000 bonus. So there's a lot of things going on. The hometown airline, United, has even taken a step forward. They're opening their own academies, flying academies, to teach their pilots or teach their people how to fly. And they're making it easier by giving them better uh, availability of getting loans, and they get you job security. And the more important thing, if you will, Delta, which is one of the nation's big carriers, has lowered its education requirement. used to be you have to have a four-year degree. Now they've waived that and saying, hey, get your experience, we'll get you in there. And then very quickly, uh, when it comes to uh, finding the pool of new pilots, it used to be you you would get a lot of uh, 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 pilots out of the Air Force and military veterans coming off of their service. Is that still the case? Well, it is, and that's where they really traditionally have wanted to grab some. But the military itself are starting to show bonuses because they want the pilots to re-up. They need them. You know, to fly them need more aircraft, they need better experience and growth potential. But yes, there. But one other thing, one of the airlines, and this I believe was Avalor or Breeze, is talking about poaching airlines from Australia. It gave them making it easier for them to work in the United States. United States, they're giving them E three or you know S three or E three visa waiver requirement. So. There's a lot more. The airlines are looking down the road five, ten years and saying, hey, there's going to be a travel surge worldwide. We need people to fly these aircraft. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Ken Goldstein, president, KJG International Consulting, based in Chicago. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.